Welcome to the Social Propertypreneur Podcast. And here is your host, social media queen, property investor, and entrepreneur, Laura Muse. Hi, everybody. My name is Laura Muse, and today I am joined with the incredible Dan Hulbert, who he's going to be, um, I'm interviewing for my podcast, but we thought we'd do a live stream as well. Um, do you want to say hello, Dan? Hello, everybody. How are you all? <laughs> yes, Dan Holbert, that's me. <laughs> so Dan has done some incredible things in property. He's got over 17 years worth of building um, experience. He's got a property business, um, called Homes. So he's going to talk to us today about how he got into property, what's led him to where he is now, um, and we'll take the conversation from there, Dan, if that's okay. So that's all good. Yeah. tell us about you, what you've done, how you've got to where you are now. So I suppose the easiest way to explain it is uh, from going from the tools to titles, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so build, build a turn investor, if you like. Um, yeah, that's kind of, it all started 17 years ago on the tools. Uh, my dad was uh, flipping properties in southeast London. And um, yeah, I was curious and interested in finding out what, what he was doing, how he's doing it. So I jumped on the tools, learned, learned from the ground up, shall we say. Um, yeah, I'm not a qualified tradesperson by any means, but, you know, I can do a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty good at everything, really, to be honest. Like, it's, it's one of those things, you, I think, because I'm a very practical person, yeah. I think I pick it up. I think you, sometimes you just pick those things up. Uh, it's like people like sometimes are just those annoying people that are really good at every sport. Um, I'm like I'm like that with the trades. So yeah, it was not much I couldn't do. Um, I did not to say I enjoyed all of them, but um, yeah, I mean mainly I love really enjoyed the carpentry and I actually really enjoyed the electrics and plumbing side of things as well. But so really just starting with that, um, doing that part very much part time. I was in an operational business um, in freight forwarding uh, before that. Uh, while I was doing that, sorry, and then I kind of decided just you know what, let's jump on the tools. So about 2004 or five, jumped on the tools um, full time. 2008 came around and we just sort of had to diversify with the work we were doing. And we did work with some uh, councils and housing associations, which was really, really dire work, but it paid the bills. Um, It was like void work, you know, people moving out and leaving them in a bit of a tip so we'd go in strip it all back out start again um so it was all right but it was really not very nice properties really um and then just started started doing um dem- uh, what's it domestic clients like yeah. kitchens bathrooms extensions all that sort of stuff and then i went out on my own set my own business up in 2010 as a contractor okay. um and i loved it really loved it but i i, I was just always wanting to get back into property um, and understand how to do property because dad did it and uh, I mean they were they were they were lucky not to lose everything but because um, they didn't really get themselves educated uh, like we know education so yeah it was um how do I get back into property um sorry, my little girl's banging on the window I'm really sorry right. hello <laughs> sorry Dan that's all right that's all right um <laughs> It's fine. It's absolutely fine, obviously. Um, 
we this times we live in right at the moment um i haven't got kids so i've got two little dogs and they're out in the garden with my wife at the moment because they all just be like all over me i'm like i've got two little well, I tried that dogs. concept with my daughter but obviously it's not really working yeah. <laughs> let me in um love it um yeah so just i really had an interest in property so i've got some coaching online from rich dad poor dad uh so from oh, yeah. their book off the back of that and um, they were like, go and go and find some property networks. And I was like, what? There's no such thing as a property network. I said, I do business network. And they went, yeah, no, no, but go, there's property ones out there. I went, no, I don't think there is. And um, there was one 20 minutes down the road from my house. So I started networking. So, you know, over, what, 10 years ago now. And wow. uh, loved it. Like, just loved it. I mean, I'm, I'm a massive, uh, my, you know, wealth dynamics, the wealth yeah. dynamic profile, profile and stuff. So I'm a big supporter and I'm like 73% blaze. So like networking and connecting and asking the question, who can I work with rather than what or how is, is my big, big driver and my, my flow, if you like. Um, so network has been awesome for me. And uh, I started working with property investors and I, one particular guy, I did something like we did 13, 14 HMO conversions in a year. Oh, wow. Um, in, in and around Medway area. Oh, were you uh, so got, yeah, so I was the builder and, and project managing it and getting all the trades in and, yeah, just doing everything, basically. How was um, that? Stressful? Um, well, now I haven't got any hair, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I still didn't have hair then. Um, t- t- 23, I lost my hair. Um, I'm 39 now. Um, yeah, so... No, most people that know me now have never known me any different to what I am. <laughs> so they've never known me with hair. So it's quite funny. Um, yeah, but it was it was it was tough. Um, it, it was it was a lot of work. Um, I did enjoy it, but it was always like, how can I do this for myself? Um, yeah. And I went and did some training with uh, Tigrant. Then they turned to Elite Legacy. Now there's something else. So I can't keep up with them, um, but the training—the training itself was really good. It was just the community. There was there wasn't really a community there, and um, um, yeah, some good mentors and stuff like that. So I learned a lot. But I think for me, it was I, I really enjoyed business and I really enjoyed my my company. But they were like, just go and buy below market value properties and go up north. And I'm like, I don't want to go up north. I decide. <laughs> Well, it's you know well funny enough Sheffield was the first place I invested and oh really yeah yeah bought, bought, bought two properties up there and um I can never remember the name of the place but I know it's not a particularly nice area page hole is it don't say a page hole <laughs> S14 yeah, that's not, that's not don't tell me that's where you live <laughs> but um yeah we did a couple there and and the thing is is they tell you that to do that and and i was doing all the refurb work so i was in my van driving up and down the motorway with all the gear doing all the work and and like the first deal we did um it was something like eight nine weeks it took me to do it over the weekends, eight, eight, nine weekends in a row to do bathroom, kitchen, full decor, decorate, all the doors, 
you know, I mean, it's a bloody nightmare. Um, it's good fun. We've got, got a few beers in and bought to... Where, was it? Where were you sleeping in the property? No, no, but there was a, there was a, um, there was a pub down the road that we got. <laughs> A bit like a, what, what's called, like, I suppose now, service accommodation. I don't even think there's a thing then. Um, so, yeah, but it was literally food and food and beers and then upstairs go to sleep and then crack on the next day. And the thing is, I was the one bloody dry, doing all the work and driving. So all for £157 met cash flow a month. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> crazy times. But loved it, learned a lot from it. it, and bought all the all the money that we borrowed. Uh, we did it all with none of our own money. So, um, and we only needed to borrow something like I don't know, fifteen grand or something like that. Um, and I was petrified to ask anybody for that money. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it's just ridiculous. And funny enough, before we started talking, I was putting deal sheets together to to approach a few investors. So. It's funny how times change and, you know, with experience and practice and, you know, just doing it all the time, it, it changes, doesn't it? But, um, yeah, so that's kind of where it all started and did did more stuff up in the northwest, did some HMOs. I think I've done 30 plus, I think we're on about 34, 35 HMO conversions now um, over that time. Not not for myself, um, but yeah. for like, you know, as a contractor or as a project manager um some for myself and then but a lot quite a few with deal packaged as well so but when i say deal package it's not just um you know source it and that's it see you later uh, and package that package it that way we we do a full full service so with folding my um my construction experience and then and we've got a really good couple of builders that work really really well together uh, so i'm helping them build their business as well so we're all sort of like, you know, a good, good little team, really. Um, and then, yeah, I was looking at doing some developments. We had a development going through. Uh, it took it was nearly two years of our life to try and get it through planning. And then it, and then it, right at the last bloody hurdle, the valuations got, didn't come in where, anywhere near where we wanted them uh, because of what's going on. So we had to pull out and lose the option, which is, you know, it is what it is. But I'm kind of glad in a way. I'm kind of glad that we didn't Everything get stuck in. For a reason. I don't yeah, know. yeah. So, um, you know, developments are definitely still in the in the uh, pipeline for me, but just just not not now, not right now. So, so yeah, how, that's me in a nutshell. So, how have you? Because obviously, when you first started, you were doing it for other people, like obviously yeah. from a construction project management role. Um, how long has it taken you to kind of get to where you are, and how have you scaled your business? Because I know you obviously have got quite a big deal packaging business. Um, yeah, yeah, which I'm looking to expand into other areas in the UK. So currently talking to uh, Liverpool, so place, some, someone in Liverpool, and then someone in uh, East Midlands as well. So, you know, really looking to sort of ramp that up. Um, I'm part of like Pin Mastermind as well because I wanted to get a good community of people and be around a, 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 some like-minded people that and sit, help them grow as well because you know I just think it's really great to be part of part of something that's got that support because no, uh, I'm a supporter myself I love having that support around me too so um and it's nice to be able to help each other and uh, and, and crack on really um so yeah I mean we, for me like I said earlier I always ask the question and when, when it comes to scaling and stuff I always ask that question of who can I work with really um as I say we're working with a couple of build teams that are you know trying to get 
get them on board and up to, up to scratch with things. They've got a good business anyway, but it's just working together. Um, and as I say, like trying to trying to work with people in different areas because not not everybody suits the southeast. It's not, you know, it's great crap uh, crap at all. <laughs> 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 Get me TV. It's a great crap Oh, I've been. We were just saying, weren't we? I've been on so many Zoom calls this week. <laughs> like I'm, my my brain is fried. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 been good. It's just it's just about. Um, building good relationships with people you know I've made a lot of mistakes with that in the past the early doors and uh, lost a lot of money and, and and you know it just you've got you've got to with property I think a lot of people go in with uh, a view of reward first which in my opinion is the wrong thing to focus on straight off it's about obviously you've got to build that relationship with someone if you're going to go you know joint ventures are great but they're not they're not the only way and they're not the best way um everything I've ever done generally has been using other people's money as a return on investment type of scenario. So just standard loan agreements and personal guarantees and um, restrictions on properties and stuff like that. So I've never really, I've done joint ventures um, and they just don't always work out the way you want them to. Everyone's expectations are different. So uh, it's better for me like to just do strategic partnerships yeah. and work with people in a strategic way to try and help each other grow, uh, which is what we're trying to do down here in the South, you know, with the builders, the architects, um, letting agents, and just work as a small group of people that can actually pass each other work and work together. Yeah. I think it's a great way to do things. And so, and then as it, as, a, as it grows and as it gets bigger, then you start looking at how to structure, potentially structure, restructure, and have a look at stuff like that. So, but, yeah, just grow, growing it that way and scale, scaling it. It's just about connecting with good people. And, um, you know, the guys in Liverpool and the guy, guys in East, East Midlands, yeah, you know, they're good people. They've known them for a long time. They're doing the same thing as what I'm doing, um, but obviously they're just doing it in their own way. Uh, but, yeah. it, but it's the values. Uh, it's the way they're doing it. Um, simple things, like a simple question would be, do you add the acquisition? Do you add your sourcing fees in the acquisition costs for the net return to get the net return on investment? And if they say no, then they're not. Then I'm not going to work with them. It's just that simple. Because it's not a true. It's not a true reflection of what the what the return. Oh, you're going to ask me then? Then I'm going to no. say it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> But if you're sourcing, it's like, you know, if you're sourcing a deal, you've got to be, you've got to be transparent. You know, people try and um, fudge, fudge the figures, yeah. really. Um, and you know, the refurb, oh, the refurb's X amount. So there's no way the refurb's that money. And that's where my experience comes in and knowing how to price and budget uh, for projects. Um, you know, inevitably, there's always going to be a contingency in built in, etc. Um, but growing and scaling with good people is is how I'm doing it and how I'll always do it. And are you meeting these people purely through networking or are these people that you've been connected with from obviously quite a long time ago from your background? How are you, because obviously when people are new to property, they do struggle finding a power team, especially if you've not got any building experience. Um, I'm lucky, my husband has always been in the trade, so we've yeah. already got a power team, but for somebody who it was just starting. I think that's a bit of a downfall area where 
no one really helps you. Um, you can do all the training in the world, but they can't really help you connect with trades and build up your power team in your area, really. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody that I'm working with is through networking. Like, I can't stress enough how important networking is. Like, yeah. like you know, I know there's that old that old adage of you know your network's net worth, but it but it really is like um, but in a deep in a deeper sense, you know, connecting with people is is the absolute must in in property. You know, I mean, it's it's allowed me to connect with. I mean, I used to used to run it. We've recently stopped it. Uh, it's called the Property Vault. Um, yeah. And it was originally a network, which you know I know you know about. And we had a podcast, and we just recently sort of um, knocked it on the head because we just want to focus on other things. But that all came about because it was like you know my drive to to network with people, and I wanted to build my profile in my local area. Um, and some of the people that I still work with today, I've I've known for like fifteen years, like building, you know, like. We used to we used to network in uh, business networks like breakfast meetings where there was like ten or twelve of you <laughs> sitting ar- sitting around at ridiculous o'clock in the morning at sort of six o'clock in the morning having breakfast and talking business and you know like you're like oh you've got I'm, I always remember I've got to tell this story my first ever network meeting when I turned up and there was literally like twelve people in the room and I was, I was sweating. I, I couldn't sleep the night before. Um, I was really nervous, just really, really nervous. And I thought, oh, God, I'm not going to be out to eat at breakfast, not that time in the morning. <laughs> I got there and, and I was like pushing my food around my plate. And then they were like, right, now ready for uh, everybody to introduce themselves, do a 60 second pitch. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> no one said anything about standing up and saying who you are and i, I just I, I was so petrified this is like let's say this is 15 years ago now um yeah 15 years ago 2005 and i was like i was just absolutely sweating and um i stood up i did it and sat down sat down i can't i can't even remember what i said um but then i kept doing it i kept doing it i kept doing it i kept doing it and the more and more I did it, uh, you know, every single week, the more confident I became, uh, the more I connected with people. And then I felt more confident. So, you know, I'm, I am naturally um, extrovert, but I'm quite shy in a new situation some, sometimes. It just depends on the situation and what it is. Um, but over time, you do it. And, you know, and then last month before this COVID-19, you know, the lockdown and stuff, I was speaking in front of 450 people on stage. And 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 it's just, and everyone's like, oh my God, you know, like all my, all my mastermind, the fellow masterminders were like, you know, you're so natural. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> but, but I've been doing it for 15 years. <laughs> That's the thing. If, I, if I'd have had to do that off the bat, geez. I don't think I would have turned up. <laughs> so it, it's all about consistency and keep doing stuff and, you know, test and measure. I mean, that's massive things I've learned about that, you know, test and measure things, you know, sometimes you have to just knock it on the head or pivot or whatever. But so when you, you know, all that, all those years, it's just been about people. It really has. 
and there's been some awesome people and there's been some absolute numpties so but that's life it's balance isn't it life life is good or good oh, and bad yeah. you can't you can't you can't have it you can't have it good all the time it'd be boring <laughs> keeps you on your toes doesn't it so, so yeah in regards to what's obviously what's happening now so for people who are listening to the podcast we're currently in lockdown in the uk um how is it affecting your business what have you implemented into your business so you can still obviously run um do you mind sharing that with people i think people yeah think, yeah that's fine especially with your experience people could welcome that yeah i mean again it's about talking to people it's, it's about staying connected with good people and being supportive and supported um you know forming those relationships uh doing things like this you know yeah. zoom calls and i mean as we said lots of those um and they put, <laughs> and they put their price up you said <gasps> and they put the price up. <laughs> so naughty uh, but you know it's bound to happen when it but i'm doing a lot of learning a lot of reading um yeah. staying in in the forefront of people's mind uh so like estate agents i'm phoning them seeing how they're getting on you know what's going on just having a conversation I'm not trying to find uh deals i mean obviously if something comes up then great but it's it's more about having that human to human conversation yeah. just to see how they're getting on with stuff so but by staying in that that you know because there's going to be a i know we're going to talk a bit more about opportunities but there's going to be a lot of opportunities moving forward um so really it's just you know like i'm rereading some stuff um there's a guy this guy it's a good book how to attract investors for property? I'll take a look so at that. It's just, <laughs> just a little, just a little, you know, just to refresh and just make sure I'm not missing anything. Any tips? Going back to this book, this is a, great a book. book. I was literally just going to mention, I saw that you um, did a video the other day and mentioned you were reading that. Um, yeah, because I want to focus and that's the thing. I mean, like the property vault, I've loved it. The last four years have been awesome. Amy came on board 18 months ago and hosted the, the, the network as well and obviously co-hosted the, the, the podcast. You know, we've had a laugh. We've got on with it. We did some training stuff for people as well. And, you know, we've, we've, we've enjoyed it, but it was just got to a point where I was just, you know, it's time to, to focus in and, and, and um, not, not be distracted by other things. Uh, and, I, you know, Whole Homes is part of, it's always been there in the background as, as part of the business, but it's just, that's the brand, that's the focus, you know, packaging deals, working with investors, trying to help people and support people within that, that area of, you know, so it's all property focused. So property, property related services, consultancy, project management, um, all that sort of stuff. It's just about supporting and helping people because at the moment, right now, build work is very tough. Um, you know, we had to we, we we managed to force two two projects force force two projects on, um, but having good builders and them trying to help you and come up with solutions as well makes a massive difference. Um, you know, I spoke to two other, two or three other builders I know, and they're like, "Oh, well, our suppliers closed." And I went, "There are other suppliers," and they were like, "Yeah, but they don't give us the same discount." Like, that's just not a solution. Like, to me, I can't work with people like that. I need people to be a little bit more, you know... Forward thinking. Forward thinking, yeah. Not everybody is, I get that. Like, But 
you know, in situations like this and the old saying, this going gets tough, the tough gets going, you've got, you've got, got to be awful. Like, you know, like I said to you earlier, you know, we've got the new building. We were using um, suppliers that we've never used before. A lot of them are independents because yeah. obviously for them, they need to open the business. Otherwise, yeah. they will go bust. So we started yeah. working with a few more people like that to keep our projects going. Um, and do you know what? They're giving us great they're actually matching prices because they want the business. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's that, that's about the, discounts, is it? It's to be honest, it's about getting it done. Um, yeah. You know, and you might pay two quid more for a bag of plaster, but at the end of the day, you're getting your project going. So, um, you know, like we, one of them was, it's her first ever investment project. It's her first ever purchase, actually. And she's doing it as a multi-let. It's only a little three-bed multi-let, but to her, that's a massive project. And it's just explaining to her like that, you know, how things work and, you know, when you're stripping out these old Victorian houses that... You got you got you got to allow a bit a bit more a bit more contingency because they they do tend to fall apart when you start moving things about. <laughs> um, they're built well, but leave them alone. <laughs> um, yeah, I think people don't realise that you know with HMOs, um, you know a lot of people use Victorian uh, footprints because because they they are the, one of the best um, footprint as it is as a as a property. Um, but they, but they, they, you know, they're over a hundred years old, you know, so, and they're not designed to be knocked about and walls taken out and all this sort of stuff. So you've got to be, you've got to be extra, um, you've got to know what you're doing really, because you could, could end up being, you know, having deep pockets. If you haven't got deep pockets, you could end up in a bit of trouble. So it's, that's why the business works really well with the construction stuff folded into it, because we can provide those solutions because we know what we're doing. We've, we've seen what happens when you strip out properties, you know, all those, for all those years, um, you know, and, and I've, I'm very practical. I've been in it. I'm not just like, I've not just been overseeing projects. I've physically been doing the work. So I can, I know that when you take a wall down, you're going to add this, you know, or you're going to add this, or you might find this, or you might find this. And it's just, you know, it's having that experience and that forefront, really, for, foresight, sorry. Yeah. But, so yeah. obviously with what's going on um what opportunities well obviously the next six 12 months is obviously very uncertain it's going to be a roller coaster ride for everybody but what yeah. opportunities in property do you see coming up um and what are you going to be looking out for i mean first and foremost i think you if you're looking at property or getting into property right now get educated like even more so um and don't apologise for being educated and trying to look for opportunity because you've got to be understanding with people's situations and you don't, certainly don't want a confrontation about it, but don't apologise for being educated it's, or wanting to do more and better your life um, because there will be opportunities. Where there's change, there's opportunity. It's always, mm -hmm. it's always the way. Um, you know, obviously, there's going to be more. There, are, there will be deals, um, but it's what sort of deals that you want maybe want to look out for i mean i think you know when things start easing off mm. people will want to go on holiday um and i don't think they necessarily will go abroad because they won't trust the flights and all that sort of stuff so i think sa could have a bit yeah. of a rise potentially 
I mean, uh, you know, this is just my opinion. Um, I also think that where a lot of the companies have let you, you know, let their staff work from home, I think flexible working is going to become more apparent. Mm. And I think there might be an opportunity for more serviced offices. Yeah. And I don't mean like massive things. I mean, like just small pods of serviced offices. And we're thinking about even been thinking about it in our HMOs. Like how can we, you know, like maybe add some desks that fold away or, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, some of the 1930s properties, they've got that really small box room that you can't really yeah. do much with. You know, maybe turn that into two little desks and add that as an additional thing for working from home. And so I think there's going to be opportunities there. And also the secondary high street, I think there might be some more opportunities. It's small businesses, I just don't know if they're going to be able to survive this. Um, and I think it gives the opportunity for, for, for a number of resources that you could do work in offices you know the secondary high street there is potential to do pd on that so you could potentially convert uh, back into resi but also the thing that's gone through the roof is pl like things like deliveroo and uh, all that sort of stuff so there might you might find some smaller takeaway uh shops you know buying buying those or, or you buying them as an investor and renting them to to someone as long as your mortgage and everything's okay with you know obviously the cooking facilities and all that sort of stuff you've just got to check into that side of it with your broker etc but yeah i think i think there's going to be lots of opportunity um and ultimately i mean look there's going to be there's going to be a massive dip in the market there's going to be uh people needing to sell quick i think purchase lease options and PO purchase options are going to be um something to add to the toolkit because um, I think financing might be a little bit you just don't know where it's going to be do you no I think assisted sales as well to be honest because obviously yeah. people can't get the values for the properties they maybe want but they need to do the work and haven't got the cash to do it um, I mean we've not personally have done assisted sale but I know that quite a few people are into that bit of a niche and maybe it's yeah. time for to get educated on alternative creative strategies I think you've got you've got you've got to get educated. You've got you've got to um, yeah learn some more creative ways of doing things. I think HMOs will be a good, um, I think if not even better, investment yeah. strategy uh, because I think we're going to unfortunately see a lot of divorce, unfortunately, um, and I think you're going to see a lot of people wanting to downsize and um, keep things simple and or oh, what if this happens again? I think there's going to be a lot of panic. So I think HMOs might be, you know, so if you can do, I mean, we've always done them to a really high standard. I've never yeah, been so that, mag, never been that magnolia brown carpet kind of person. <laughs> so we've always done them, you know, with our brand in mind and um, with the end user in mind. And, you know, we, we uh, for me, I always look at it from three perspectives. So I'm looking at it obviously at the beginning from a building perspective. So getting my knowledge in there to understand how we can do this practically um, and then I'm looking at it from obviously a return on investment, whether that's for me or for one of my investors, because I would only do, I'll treat that investment as if, if it's my own investment anyway. Um, I like to take responsibility to make sure that's delivered. And then 
I'm looking at it from the end user's point of view. Like, you know, is, does it function well? Is it has it got a nice flow? Does it got a nice feel to it? So you're trying to look at it all these different ways, you know, and you learn that over time. Um, I certainly didn't look at things like design and functionality at the beginning. It was just, oh yeah, that do, that do, that do. Stick it in. Um, I'll jump down. <laughs> but the more you get into it, and the more you want to, I think if you can treat it like a business, and the more you treat it like a business, uh, the more you'll want to build best practice into that business, test and measure everything, tweak what isn't working, etc. So I think there's going to be lots of opportunity. And yeah, as I say, where there's change, there is opportunity. So. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Dan. I really appreciate you take time out. I know you're super busy. Um, so I want to cut the live feed now on um, social. So um, goodbye, everybody. See you later. <laughs>